This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Everything that we've based our uh, recent four victories on the road on being solid, difficult to score against, difficult to create chances against. I think we're one of the, the best in the league for sort of chances created against us, and that for some reason went out the window at certain points today. And we said to the players, you know, don't waste the 2 0 comeback, and then within a minute of the second half, we're, we're chasing it from an unbelievably poor goal again. Riley Harbottle obviously wasn't right, asked him at half time several times, should have taken it out of his hands and, and just brought him off. When you're short of defenders, you don't want to use substitutions unnecessarily, but especially with young players. They shouldn't take any chances. Hmm, some concerning comments there from Nigel Clough as the Stags lose at Crawley, in my opinion. But no matter where the blame lies, we have to put it behind us quickly as Newport County come to town tomorrow night. But before we end up like a Doctor Who-style backwards regeneration, it's time to share our final thoughts on all things Crawley, trying to solve puzzles and answer questions like why did we start so poorly? Why, even with five subs at our disposal, did Clough let Harbottle play on? And can we chalk this one off as just a blip? As always, we'll have your comments, questions and opinions in the live feed about everything Mansfield Town related, from defeat at Crawley and questionable decision-making to returning former faces and the elusive hunt for a password for a ticket to Barrow. I've tried to crack it. I've tried 123, let me in, let me in, 123, abracadabra and password with five as an S but none of those work so how about this let's crack on with the show and see what happens down the line this is the Mansfield Matters podcast well hello and welcome to the show for the fans by the fans why because Mansfield matters thanks uh, so much for rejoining us again and Getting back on the Mansfield Matters hype, even after their defeat, we've still got lots to talk about. Now, those of you who've watched the podcast for the last few weeks or so will notice that I'm on my own. What's going off? Yes, this week we've had to go back to being virtual uh, for a number of reasons, some of which we can disclose, some of which uh, we can't, mainly because Alan has decided to go and find a sunbed somewhere in uh, wherever he's gone, Norfolk, I think it is. Um, so just logistically this week, uh, we've we've decided to go virtual. We've also had to draft some substitutes in. Yes, we love it when we draft a, a sub in. If you want to be involved with the Mansfield Matters podcast in the future, drop us a DM, uh, drop us an email, get in touch, and we'll see if we can get you on. But back by popular demand, and I say popular demand because he's the man who collects Mansfield Town shirts and always uh, gives us an interesting story to tell. Let's say good evening and hello once again, I think for the hat-trick ball, to Nick. How are you, my friend? I'm good, thanks. Are you? Yeah, very good. I think it's the hat-trick ball. It is. It is. I'm expecting a Soccer AM-style football in a box. Well, you know what you get when you get a hat-trick? You get a Mansfield Matters mug. So uh, we'll, we'll get you sorted out with one of those well, I'm to, all over that. to go I'm along with, mug. with the shirt collection. Uh, also joining us tonight, let's say hello and good evening uh, to the Edwin Stowe stag, Mr Clive Parkin. How's it uh, back over in Edwin Stowe? Better cup of tea, I imagine. It's a cup of Mansfield Matters tea. Is it a better cup of tea than what you get though at Mansfield Matters HQ? Um, I'm saying nothing. It would That's be probably, probably wise. It would be ungallant of me to tell me tell anybody that their tea was awful. Um, good evening, everybody. 
<laughs> Good to see you again. Nick, come on, we've, uh, let's delve straight into it. Before we talk football, do we really want to be talking football off the bat? Because, you know, we lost at the weekend and nobody really cares. People are now watching this knowing you're on, wanting to know where your hard-earned cash has been splashed this time when it comes to Mansfield shirts. And already on the rail behind you, I can see a few new ones. Yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple of new ones. Um, do you want me to just go through the new ones now? Do you want yeah. Me to touch on those yeah. Ones? Um, yeah. So I've got this one, which is the um, links oh seven oh eight. Um, Simon Brown. Where is it? There we go. Um, that was sent to me by Simon himself. I, he happened to follow me on Instagram, and I never really noticed. And I messaged him <laughs> and go, "Look, you haven't got any shirts, have you?" And he went, "Oh, I've got this one. Do you want it? Do you want me to sign it?" I was like, "Oh yeah, sign it and post it me." And then he just stuck it in the post. Oh, Sam, I love it when that Not happens. very often you get freebie, but yeah, I got a freebie on this one. But I, I really like it. Is it the same as your bowling one behind? Yeah, that's what I was literally just looking at. I'm thinking it must yeah. be. Yeah. Like 10 and 11. But no, I was really pleased with that. I, I didn't realise until I looked. It I, probably it my, my skewed memory. I didn't realise he'd played over 100 times for Stags. I didn't have him down as that many. Yeah, and it would have been a lot more as well because he carried a lot of injuries, didn't he? He was one of those strikers, who, a little bit like Reese Oates is at the minute. He seems to have one knock and, and then another. Yeah, I... I I, for some reason, I didn't have him down as having played that much. I was in my head, he was a couple of seasons, but to have a hundred, he was he was something like three seasons. But he must have played yeah. reasonably regularly, albeit I think he was quite injury prone. I think yeah, we released I, him when we went down. I think yes, one of the one of the Probably many less. casualties. I seem to remember. I think he signed under Carlton Palmer. Um, or yeah, it would have been yeah, he signed under Carlton Palmer, and then because uh, I remember him having the other shirt. And then uh, the one which was quite flimsy, and I can't describe it off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, they're all very similar that year. They, they yeah. all, those seasons, they just merge into one until we went to sort of the area stuff in the conference. It, um, yeah, yeah, they, they were all they were all seen the same to me. They all merge into one. Yeah, and he had quite a prolific strike force with uh, Richie Barker for for many a year. Yeah, I'm still after a Barker shirt. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know whether we might be able to help there or not. I mean, a few years ago we did have Richie on. Uh, Legends Live, we're well overdue and another another one. And with him now being at Derby, it seems like a prime opportunity, doesn't it? And I maybe so. him and Brownie together, because we were sort of saying off off air before we started when I was sort of saying, What have you what have you got? Simon Brown actually is one of the many people that we've tried to get on Stag Stories, and we were due to record an episode with him um just before the pandemic. We were doing this thing of we were gonna go on a little mini tour together and sort of go and meet people at their places and and things like that, and film it there, and obviously it didn't happen because of the pandemic, and it's sort of spiralled since then, but it's certainly something we should look to pick up and uh, maybe get him down, because uh, very uh, well-liked, I remember, as well, Simon Brown was. Yeah, I, I remember him. Um, I, yeah, was, we had some good strikers around those years, didn't we, from mm. sort of got relegated. We had some really good, um, almost prolific strikers for year, year after year until we went down, and then it kind of ended, but... Yeah, I wasn't aware he'd played that many games for it, to be honest. But he was really nice. Just said, yeah, here's a shirt. I'll post it here. That yeah, lovely, fun. lovely guy. And uh, I imagine it'll have, have quite a, some stories to tell as well. Now, you've got another one, which is a bit more of a, a sidewinder one. This one from the conference days, one of David Holdsworth's 4,568 signings. I think that'll be from the second season in the conference, I think. Uh, this was the first season in the conference with... Um... With the Sutton Pipelines one, I've got the you know the John Delaye white shirt, the away shirt yes. that I got. That's the away shirt to this. This was the ah. first season. Um, there is no information about this guy online of how many games he played. I'm aware I think he played four or three, three or four. That's the all I yeah. can find from going through various different stats. But um, I got it from a gentleman who collects ties, sports ties, and he went, "I have a Mansfield shirt. Would you like it <laughs> to purchase it?" So I purchased this one from a man who collects football ties, which is brilliant. Um, but yeah, and then I had to contact him because not many. The thing with long sleeves is the club didn't sell long sleeves very often. So you generally, if you've got a long sleeve one with a with a patch and a name on the back, it's generally at least issued because they didn't sell long sleeves very often. Yeah. So I managed to somehow get through his many multiple thousands of followers, and he messaged me back <laughs> saying, "Yes, indeed, I did wear long sleeves in the very few games I played. I did wear long sleeves because there's no photos of him exist either in a stag shirt." Apart no, from on the the team sheet, the team photo. That's it. Yeah, because again, he was one of those anomalies signed by Holdsworth in his, in his menus. And back in those days, you could sort of sign players basically every week, and we'd have a new squad every four weeks. And uh, 
Yeah, I remember him was a young player, I think, when he came to us. So he wasn't that experienced. Uh, midfielder, I think, centre mid. Was it Elkiston? Did we sign him from Elkiston? Or am I making Quite up? possibly. No, I think you might be right because I think uh, Holdsworth might have brought a few with him who we yeah. might have had at Elkiston. But, uh, yeah, it's quite surprising because he's one of those players who nobody will remember um, until you sort of say the shirt. And even then, people would have been guessing, I imagine, for that season, so many different players. I saw you put a little guessing game on, didn't you? Did anybody actually get it? No one got it. We had Gary Silt, which was quite popular. Um, and a friend of mine also collects shirts. Weirdly, has the same shirt, long sleeve, but with, with silk on the back. We had uh, somebody guessed Stallard. Um, there was some There was some <clears> very... <throat> there, there, well, to be fair, there were some left field guesses, but no one actually got... Um, Alex Jenin was one of the guesses, which which brought back yeah. some memories of a play I'd forgotten. Uh, but yeah, it was, John Delia was another one. But no, no one got Kurt Shaw. I don't think you would have done. No. The internet doesn't know of his existence a lot well, of the it, time. So well, it doesn't know his exist. It doesn't know of his existence as a footballer, but it not certainly as does as a no. social media. Yeah, I, I want to say. Yeah, I, I'm not going to use the word star, but certainly uh, doing a lot of work on there. He's got his own YouTube channel. Got quite a lot of uh, social media followers, hasn't he? From what I think I it's see. Arsenal. Does he do Arsenal? Something to do with Arsenal? I think a lot of his yeah. stuff is um, from yeah. what I've seen. But um, yeah, quite. He shared it to be fair on Instagram. Quite a few people have messaged him, so you know that obviously follow him, but. Yeah, I like the random ones. We spoke about it with Clive before, you know, yeah. these random. And I think Mansfield is no better club than the conference years at Mansfield to find these eclectic, random, I played for 10 minutes footballers that we've, we seem to have well, notched it's, up. It's frustrating because in that very same shirt, I think it is, I've got a Neil McKenzie one. So obviously, you know that McKenzie is my favourite player from growing up. He came back for a short spell at the end of that season. He, yeah. he actually sent me... Um, a match-worn shirt from that season when he had 33. And for the life of me, I cannot find where it is. And I am absolutely gutted because it's signed. It's obviously personalised as well. I'm absolutely gutted because this is the only shirt, the McKenzie 14 one, which doesn't necessarily fit because it was a replica shirt which was brought for teenage me which is basically now like a tank top. So it's not quite as much of a tank top as this one, though. Look at the, look at the little one here. That, I can't even get the right way. That's an eight. That's eighty-three. That is. They didn't sell adult replicas, so they only sold child's replicas. Um, so I managed to get my hands on a child's replica Lowfields stag shirt from eighty-three. Did I just say that the... I collect pin badges? <laughs> well, it's going to cut. Oh, it's gonna... a very fine connection collection, Clive. Well, I just want to stop this conversation before we lose all our listeners. No, I, th- I, th- I think it's the opposite way around, mate. I think it goes up. I uh, think we could genuinely do, I think we will actually in the summer, we'll do a genuine full podcast on the shirt collection. Cause... I'm bringing you around, Clive. I'm going to win you over one day. Yeah, it, yeah. it's uh, fascinating. Uh, listen, uh, I'd like to find things that I've uh, uh, I've rediscovered names in this process because I'm, I'm at the age where you don't hang on to all the information. You, you, you remember certain things, which are by and large completely useless facts. And the things you really will try and recall because it's an answer to a quiz question, etc. I go, they just disappear. And so many other players that I, I should remember, I don't. It's oh, really strange. And yeah, I can remember everybody, that. all the players from the seventies. Yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> isn't the it? Exactly the same. You can name you the team that played against West Ham and or the team yeah, that yeah. played at Wembley. But if you asked him who played last Saturday, not a clue. Well, the answer to that is not many. Oh, no, yeah, not <laughs> and that's, pro- that's probably a, a very apt place to delve back into the here and now, isn't it, Clive? Let's. Uh, Oh, very briefly, <laughs> talk about Saturday. We were in such good spirits going down. We had a lovely quiz on the bus. We had a nice laugh, lots of conversations. We didn't hear too many repeats of, in 1987. We didn't hear we had, too we had a that. well-mannered bus, didn't we? Going yeah, we, it, was a, it was a good day all around. And then within the opening two minutes, we were 1-0 down. It, it, everything that could have gone wrong on the pitch, I felt, did go wrong. Do you know, what's really frustrating is we were a better team. We should have beaten them out of sight, really. And the fact that we, we just gave them easy goals at the worst possible times just made their life so so easy. When we pulled it back to 2 all, we took control of the game. And when it went into half-time, I'm thinking, right, we're starting a new game in the second half. We'll take them to task. We're going to be shooting towards our own fans. This is where it happens. And within a minute of starting the second half, we were 3-2 down. They were just daft goals. They weren't well-constructed goals. I mean, they took them all right, but we just gave them the ball. We gave them the chance. And it's a bit unlike Mansfield of late, because Mansfield has been a lot tighter recently, thank goodness. And I think Clough alluded to that, didn't he, in uh, in his interview. Mm-hmm. And he's right. Although he's not without blame, in my humble opinion. Uh, yeah, well, 
We'll come back to that one. Yeah, absolutely. And before we sort of start, we was having a, a quick sort of catch up. And Nick, you were saying that you know you you don't tend to watch the highlights when we lose because why would you? But you had a little watch this morning because obviously you knew you were coming on the podcast, and you were you were quite astounded by how easily we were, we were carved apart. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't make the, the game of Saturday away, but every away game I've been to, we've been quite tight, and 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 we don't tend to give a lot away. Um, but but yeah, the, the goals were just, we were just wide open. It, I almost watched it thinking, well, they can't score from this. It must be a must be some sort of highlight. And then the ball just is fizzed through our, our back five, or God knows how many we've got at the back. Um, and and he's in on goal, and it's it's just not very much not like Stags. It, we seem to be quite difficult to score against, like Clough said. But I must admit, I think the game on Crawley, especially the the, the fact that we conceded twice within a minute of each half, um, is is it's like they weren't awake and they just haven't woken up. And it, yeah, I think it's, it's far too open. I think it's fair to say that Crawley are a better side than their league position would suggest. Yeah. But they're not a match for Mansfield. If Mansfield plays its normal game, and we didn't. Yeah. And I think, and I think you know, that every team deserves a bit of good luck. And they had a bit of good luck. And the referee was a, at times a little bit erratic. But we, um, and the, the linesman didn't understand offsides um, at all, <laughs> we, which is, you know, thought was a fundamental of the, of the responsibility given to him. But, you know, we you get what you deserve in the game and we didn't deserve to win because we gave them three goals. Simple as that. Yeah, very, very true. And we'll delve into the, the thing. Um, I'm going to uh, just have a little delve into uh, some of the comments. Uh, by the way, if I keep dipping in and out for some reason, my internet tonight has decided the first time we go virtually in a while, it's decided to uh, play up a little bit. So apologies if I uh, stutter a little bit. Um, I'll give it a whack halfway through the show uh, and see what happens. Let's uh, delve into some questions and some comments. As always, if you want to get involved, feel free to do so on the live feed. If you're listening to the audio version of this, make sure you stay tuned to our social media to find out when we're next going to be live so you can get involved. Uh, Richard says, evening, guys. One, uh, Only one question for me. Why does Clough think Akins can play at wing back? And that is the the comment goes on, um, and I'll come back to the rest of it later on. But that, for me, was the pinnacle. In fact, Clive, I don't know whether you can remember or not. I know your short-term memory is not great. I know you you, you, you probably think my name's Mansfield rather than Craig because you've, you've probably forgot it at this point and you're just going on the names on the screen. But can you remember what I said to you at two o'clock when I saw the team sheet? Craig, I've got your name written on this bit of paper, so I'm OK. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> yes. And you you made the point very quickly <clears throat> that we, yet again, um, we've put the player that gets so much stick, most of it unfair, in the lion's den again. And it just seemed to everybody that thinks about these things, it was a daft decision. And it proved to be a daft decision. He had to change it as well. I think my exact Nick's words, Nick, may well have been something along the lines of, if Aikens is playing wing-back, we're in trouble. I, it, it just scared me. When I saw the team sheet, when I knew McLaughlin was out, I'm just thinking we have to change shape. But no, the stubbornness of Clough, again, highlighted once more. He's a stubborn yeah. man. He is. He is. I just uh, we played three strikers in the back five, which is, <laughs> yeah, is, is it's it, crazy. You no, know, and then we're trying to shoehorn players up top that that really are playing in the back. I, I don't. I don't. I, I, yeah, it's times like that you just have to think. Look, let's just play a back four. Stick somebody. You know, if it's a Harbottle or or if it's, hmm. it's Wallace at left back. I don't know somebody who can possibly play left back. Um, and and. You know, and don't try and shoehorn players, especially like like Clive said, Aikens is the last person we need to be trying to shoehorn into positions he doesn't fit because he'd started to improve up front and actually look like maybe with somebody with him, he might be okay. But then yeah. you, you're now playing him at left back and right back and Bowery, who's left footed at right back. And it's, it's to the lad's credit that, it, that he, if he's impressed the manager enough to think he can put him play him anywhere on the field. I, I guess that's the level of confidence you want your manager to have in you as mm. a player. But I wouldn't want to be manipulated into positions where I know I'm, I'm likely to have a game that disappoints the, the crowd because our crowd is very quick to jump on this lad's back. I think um, there's a situation for that, isn't there, where you need to play players out of position. And I get that. And that was last season when we ended up playing Hawkins at centre-back because we had no centre-backs. But then we've had a situation where we've got five or six centre-backs and the lad's still playing there. And now yeah. Byer is playing right-back, yet you've got Hewitt and Gordon, who are quite accomplished full-backs, who don't always play or don't you, play there. You, you've got young O'Toole. You've got O'Toole on the bench as well. He, was looking, he must yeah. be looking, thinking, why aren't I starting? And then you've got young Jason Law there as well, thinking... 
I can play left wing back and, you know, it'll give yeah, me a yeah. little bit of freedom. It's very strange. Yeah. You, you could easily put Harbottle left in a back four and bring O'Toole yeah. into the middle. Well, of course, Harbottle got himself injured and, and didn't survive more than a minute of the second half. In fact, arguably, he shouldn't have been allowed to come back on in the second half. That, that, that forced the manager's hand a little bit. And the, and the, the change around, actually, after the, we conceded the third hmm. goal, improved the side. Yeah. I have to say, on that substitution, I was a little bit annoyed at Nigel Clough because, to be fair, Clough has since come out and said it. He said it in his press today um, that, in hindsight, he should have took him off at half-time. He, he gave him the opportunity and said, are you OK to continue? And Harbottle has gone, consistently gone, yes, 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 I'm fine. But Clough, being an experienced manager, should recognise the signs, especially on such a young player who also, let's not forget, came in as a... who'd been playing... at. Forest under-23s as a right-side centre-half in a three. has come to Mansfield, his first taste of senior football, is now playing left-side centre-half of a three. And then at half-time, after getting a serious whack, which required some lengthy treatment, then decided to change the shape and go to a back four and play right-side centre-half of the two, which just didn't make any sense. And Clough should have taken it out of his hands and gone... I'm going to bring O'Toole on. And the way he took him off pretty much straight after the goal, I have to say, Nick, if I'd have been Harbottle, I'd have been a little bit disheartened. And I hope he's, he's got a little bit more about him for someone to put their arm around him and go, just write that one off because it was embarrassing. Yeah, I, you'd like to think he does. I mean, he's, he's, he's played really well for him. We certainly can't complain, can we, as a no. lone player coming in as a young lad. He, he's been one of the standard. I know he made mistakes and he's made the odd mistake here and there, but... Yeah, I think the sort of square peg and round holes when you've got the round pegs available just just needs to stop a little bit. I think from Clough. But we, you see, it, the, but... Clough's probably hasn't got any triangular pegs. If he got some of those, he could yeah. have a real real day out. Couldn't could he? have all three, couldn't we? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the other thing that I'm, you know, I'm not hugely critical of Clough because his record is is pretty good and he knows more about football than I pretend to do, but. In recent weeks, he's, he's substituted really well and they've, they've had a major impact on the, the game when he's brought players on. And we needed to get players on earlier in the second half than we actually did. And to bring, you know, a couple of players on with only five minutes to go, to me, just seems like a waste of time. And they're not going to get much of a chance to have an impact on the game. And we, we, it was clear we were within two minutes of the start of the second half, we had to do things differently. And I think we could have afforded to be a bit, a bit bolder at that point. We, well, end up, is, we end up being bold at the end, but there was very little time left. Well, this is the other point as well. You know, Clough all throughout last season was going on about having five subs again. Obviously, we had it in the COVID season for obvious reasons. And he said it worked really, really well. I've said it time and time again. Had we had it last year, we might have been in a different position than what we are now in terms of league status. But this year, we've got it available to us. And I just think that when you are seemingly as unlucky as we are when it comes to injuries. We seem to have a very delicate squad, whether it be uh, colds and illnesses or knocks and niggles. When we're in that position, Nick, sometimes I just think if a player goes down after half an hour or so and they're struggling, visibly struggling, we've got the five subs there. I don't see the harm in making an early sub because that is essentially what they're there for. Plus, you've got the concussion sub if needed. And, you know... There's ways and means of bending a referee and a fourth official's ear to potentially use that to get your six subs and utilise all of them. It baffles me why we don't sometimes. Yeah, that, I think that's that's the... That, if you could criticise Clough, and I'm certainly not wanting to, because he, no. he certainly doesn't doesn't require that. But, you know, the Hartlepool game at home was a prime example. Yeah. Um, we were 2-0 up, coasting, but the lads were starting to get a little bit leggy and a little bit tired. I get it why at 2-0 up, maybe you don't, but at 2-1... Everyone was crying out, just bring some legs on. And he didn't. And he waited and waited and waited. And yeah, I, I don't know whether he, he seems to see, either he doesn't trust the guys on the bench to come on and be better than what's already out there. Um, or he, he's worried about using them. And but, but with five subs, there's no need to worry. Like you say, you could make two in the first, you can make three in the first half and still have two in the second half if you were desperate. It's, um, yeah. Or if yeah, you get it, a concussion, you have an extra bit. one, can't you? Well, that's it. It just seems like we're, we're reluctant to either trust the players coming on, but we've got the strongest bench Especially the Warsaw game, we were at home. I, I looked and I thought that's the strongest bench we've had in a long, well, long time. Well, we said on, on Saturday that our bench was really strong and we, that's always a good signal. Um, but, but you know, it's no good having a strong bench unless you use it properly. And I guess, you know, we're all experts from wherever we sit mm. or stand. And, uh, you know, we're not the guys that, who are paid to do the job. I think you put it down to a bad day at the office and move yeah. on. Tuesday night's yeah. a different game, different 
set of circumstances. One final gripe from me on the game was the behaviour of uh, the Irishman, Mr Quinn. Go on. Well, he, he, he'd not been there long before he got himself booked for an, uh, an unnecessary oh, infringement. On, yeah. And then yeah. he wouldn't shut up. It was as if he was trying to get a second yellow within in record time. The man's demented at times. Well, it's, he's, you know... It's... He's pulled away from these things by his colleagues, to be honest. And the fact they don't do that is a little bit disappointing. Well, to be fair, the way he reacted after the other home game where he came off and I thought was going to start ripping seats out of the dugout, I don't think I'd uh, want to get involved with him. Once he's in that mode, trust me, being a ginger, once the the ginger mist has descended, walk away quickly. Uh, let's delve back into some more of the comments. Uh, let's finish Richard's comment from earlier. Um, he continues to say... Um, we had players on the bench and in the starting 11 Saturday who can do uh, uh, do that job, wing-back, left wing-back, a lot better. Hewitt and Wallace, for example. This is not a criticism of Aikens, but yet again, square peg in round hole. Uh, Paul says, hey guys, when is Oatsy back? Nigel Clough, I think, has sort of given half a hint of a date and he's he's highlighted the next round of the Papa Luigi Domino's uh, trophy uh, for, for that one. No idea when the draw is um, for it. I do know that we will be away. I think it would take a miracle for us to end up finishing top of the group. Uh, so we'll be away in the uh, the next round. Um, About the third week in unless, November, isn't it? Yeah, unless we draw an under-21 side who also happen to finish second, in which point it gets flipped to be at home. It's a bit weird. Um, everyone has different opinions on that competition, Nick, but I think when you've got players that are sort of on, on the fringe like we've got at the minute and players who are coming back, it's a sensible move to have it. And I'm, for one, quite pleased that we've managed to get through, albeit yeah, by luck. Yeah, a little bit of luck, uh, more than judgment on that one. But yeah, I, I don't think anyone can, can moan about us playing players and trying to trying to get the win. I don't think anyone... It's not. It's certainly a couple of games isn't going to disparage us from, from doing anything in the league. So the more you win, the better for me. Um, you know, if you, if, you, if, you, if you play a weakened team, it just, it just rocks the confidence, I think, a little bit. We've got injuries, so you've got to play other players, but we've certainly got enough. We talk about the bench. We've got enough that players probably need 90 minutes, to be honest, to be brought back up to speed a little bit, talking about Quinn and others. And we probably need those sort of 90 minutes to get to get up to speed. Boateng, Oates, whoever it might be. Gordon. Oh, for a reserve team like we had back in the day when you got Mr Shaw's shirts, then he would have been playing quite yeah. regular in that team. You over, needed it. Over you needed it with Holdsworth. You needed a reserve team just to, to get them playing every week. You needed oh, a reserve no, team for the reserve team back yeah. in his day, but that's another story. Go on, on Clyde. A, on a more serious note, I think we all understand the reasons why the football um, pyramid had to abandon uh, the routine reserve leagues that traditionally every club participated in because of the economics of the situation and the fact that Premier League drove off in a different direction not wanting that sort of uh, colloquial uh, league but now there's been this resurgence following Covid and there's a greater degree of uh, appetite for the uh, lower league game than there's been for a long long time and the Mansfield Gates are are evidence of that Um, I think there's a real case for putting a regional reserve league together so that you know that you don't travel too far probably carve the country into three or four groups and get a game every other week i just think that's to me far better than having players languishing on the fringe of a, a squad rarely getting anything more than a few token minutes and not being able to showcase their talent properly apart from on the training ground yeah and they're there you know therefore going to be in the manager's plans a little bit more it makes it a lot more competitive as you say on the training ground as well i'd be uh, bang up for it. Let's go to some more of your guys' comments. Uh, Tom says, awful performance, but need to move on after seven games without a defeat. One defeat uh, isn't a need to overreact. Uh, Chris says, Riley was concussed. He should have uh, t- had the decision taken away from him as to coming off at half time. Craig says, would rather have played a flat back for any manager that sees three centre forwards in a back line must laugh themselves round the opposition dressing room. Uh, Richard says, Aikens. Uh, plays up front and we play in the opposition half. Play Swan and the ball comes straight back and we're unable to get a foothold in the game. Uh, Richard says, I was on my way to volunteering at Sheffield Beer Festival and saw the team sheet. Said to my missus that we looked really vulnerable at the back. Lo and behold, two minutes after saying that, I got a notification to say that Crawley had scored. Uh, Craig adds, with 10 minutes to go, uh, 3-2 down as well. Why not bring on Law, who can create something, or bring Gale on, who would have run at the defence? 
absolutely agree. Uh, Chris says early subs upset the balance um, if they're done too early, and any sports any sportsman isn't going to admit he can't go on. Absolutely right. Well, let's turn our attention uh, elsewhere then, because it's an interesting comment, Nick, that somebody made in there. Um, just trying to find it again. Uh, Tom, one defeat isn't a need to overreact, and. With Mansfield fans, there is that proneness to uh, to do that. And the best way to get over a defeat is by playing your next game. And what better way to do it than against the club's worst ever manager, a man who made the start of COVID thoroughly depressing, as it was actually the back end of the season where he, where he came in. Yes, he made some good signings, but what a way to uh, to bounce back from defeat. And I think there's almost a little need to. We've got this phenomenal home record, which Clough has built up. We've got to get something out of it. I think there's a little bit of pressure actually on tomorrow night. There's no, I don't think there's any better way than to get a defeat out of the way other than playing a team at home a couple of days later. It just, just you know, under the lights at Field Mill, we've been pretty, you know, excellent. You would, you, there's no other word to describe it. I, I turn up to home games now just expecting to win and clap and go home. That's kind of how it's been, hasn't it? Yeah. You know, it, you, you, if you look at how many we've won out of the last 16, it was like 15 out of 14 out of 16, something like that. And you just turn up expecting a win sometimes. And I think I don't think Tuesday night will be any different. I think we'll expect to win. And I'd be surprised if we didn't. Uh, the thing with Stags is we played, I thought we played really well against Hartlepool and didn't win. And I thought we were bang average against Warsaw and did. So sometimes the performance doesn't always matter at home. You just want to get the result and just get the win and, and move on. But yeah, Cochrane will bring a different element to it. We always seem to attract the new manager thing. I don't know how it happens, but if there's a, if there's a new manager, you can guarantee on the fixture list we'll be playing them within the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it seems to work like that. I don't know why. It always has, always yeah. will. It way when Knox County had lost something like ten in a row, and then they got Nolan on board. And who were they playing on Saturday? They were playing Stags. Yeah. So it it doesn't surprise me that we're playing them now, considering. But you know they got a decent result of the weekend. They'll be pleased with that. I would have thought so. Yeah, I, I fancy us still. I, I I don't see anyone coming to the Stags and 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 being particularly worried about them. To be honest, I, don't, I think we offer more than the majority of teams, especially at home. Yeah. I think you you two have been a little unfair on Cochrane. I think if, it, if the club had more patience with him and stuck with him... We'd be in the conference. We'd be in the conference. Let me finish my story. By now, we would have been playing free-flowing attacking football in, in conference the conference north. north. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but to, to his credit, he did secure some decent players for us. And uh, uh, But he... Uh, it was it was a wrong place for him to be at the time he was here, and we we recruited him for all the wrong reasons as well. But that's hindsight; it's gone. We moved on. We've got where we are where we are now, and we and and Nick's right. We, we're doing very very well by comparison to an average. And if you think where we were this time last year, and where we finished, even so, and and started from a much higher point in the league this year, we don't have to be that much better than we were last year to get to secure promotion this year. There's Certainly. no better place to be, I don't think, after this point. You don't want to be late in Orient. You don't, no, you don't want to don't be, be stuck up there exposed. Because you know because what you, will happen. You can only come down. That's the yeah. thing. And they've We're in the right place, I think. We're in the right uh, place. I'm worried about Northampton. They seem to be a bit more consistent than most at the mm. moment. Um, and the Fat Boys team, he's doing surprisingly well. with. He's secured some decent players, I think. But we seem to play better against good teams. And I think that's always an encouraging thing. We do. And I, I think... One thing we, we probably should think about for, for the Newport game especially is just putting things right. I think Clough will potentially mix things up a little bit. I think he has to because we have been a little bit stagnant of late and especially in the way the matter we conceded the goals, he won't be happy with that um, at all. Depending on availability, I don't think Harbottle will, will start. I think O'Toole will come in. And I think if we go to a back four with Hewitt right back, O'Toole, Hawkins centre-back in, touch wood get McLaughlin back in at, at left back which I think he, he might do and I'll come on to reasons for that in a second I think we'll be okay because that's a very strong and experienced um, back four I know people sort of still have apprehensions about Ollie Hawkins playing there but he does I think with the right partner he's okay and I think against the Newport side who I don't think will try and play too much football I think they'll be quite physical and direct I think that will suitors. As for the McLaughlin thing, I know he's been suffering with a sore knee of late and Nigel Clough sort of mentioned that and to be honest I actually wasn't surprised when his name wasn't included on Saturday Nick because the last thing you want to be doing if you've got a player with a sore knee and you've got a Tuesday night game at home against uh, a team who are struggling but a, a team who you should be taking all three points against. Do you want to take him, 
put him on the bus for X amount of hours and be uncomfortable and put him through the, the game as well? Or do you want to give him a little bit of a rest, which he actually does need physically and mentally, and get him back into the game and, and get him firing again? Because that rest and missing Saturday will have actually done him the world of good. Yeah, I'd, I'd much rather him play Tuesday than Saturday. Obviously, the away games are important, but home seems to be where we're getting the majority of our points at the minute. Um, so, yeah, I, they do need a rest. They can't play every week. The issue with left-back is we don't appear to have another one, um, which appears to be the main problem at left-back. is We have players who can play there, be it Gordon maybe, and Wallace has dabbled in that left-back position a little bit. But left-back does seem to be the... Um, the role where there isn't really anyone you can't really rotate McLaughlin with anyone else because no. no one really one offers what he does or certainly did last season um, and and there isn't really anyone to replace him so he, he's probably become tired and maybe injured by default that we haven't got anyone else to play there so be interesting if he does play back for who he plays there um, if he if he does do that I just see him sticking with the same five he doesn't seem to want to change from the start so we'll, we'll see on that one but yeah he'll it, be he'll benefit from the rest without a doubt. Well, Quinn, to, Quinny to will be getting a rest this bomb. week, won't he? I say Mr. Quinn will be having a rest this week. Yeah. Yeah, so suspended. He's off, he's off uh, the selection. Yeah, just I, a game I though, isn't I don't think he would have been a, I don't think he'd have been a starting player anyway for that matter. But no, uh, no. The, uh, the we are blessed with a decent number of midfielders and, and I think that's uh, that's been useful, especially as you've got the likes of Lapsley who can be also our leading goal scorer um in the absence of our main goal scoring threat so it is really about how we get the best out of the relatively small number of fit players we've got because whilst we've got a decent squad we've got a fair number of them who are not pickable for various reasons and they're not little things I mean they are Gordon's out more than he's in and you know McLaughlin was a was waiting to be taken off in my opinion I share uh, Craig's view he looked tired he looked a bit uh, it looked as in need of a rest and if it was carrying some form of sprain or not you can understand why he hasn't given us the performances we'd like to see him give us um, but I think um, Tuesday night is an opportunity for, for Clough to react not overreact but react to the fact that we were a bit disappointed in some key areas and at um, on Saturday and I think if he's true to his his interview, there'll be some fresh faces on, on there. I'd like Law to be one of them, if I'm being honest, but I just don't see it mm. happening. Yeah, I think, I think unfortunately for, for Laws, he was a, a top, top lad. I think everybody in the dog, have, even Bobby Dog's got to be uh, out of contention before Law even gets put into Nigel Clough's thought process, which completely winds me up because he's, he's, for me, he's, he's right up there and uh, Certainly, uh, certainly offers something. Uh, I'm going to go back to Kel Gordon for a, a split second. Clough again mentioned him in his uh, interview. Uh, basically, not quite there in terms of the injury that he's got for the attribute he brings. He'd be injured basically within the first 10, 20 minutes. You wouldn't get much out of him, uh, and then you potentially lose him. So we've got to manage that a little bit more. But again, that comes down to uh, managing shape and uh, things like that. Uh, the Quinn situation. Um, it's astounding to think that he's actually got a one-game ban, looking at the amount of games he's actually started this season, which is probably less than a handful. Um, so that's uh, that's quite mad in itself. Um, and there's some other comments in there as well. Um, yeah, keep them coming in. Um, Susan says, with our next three league games are at home, uh, a good chance to put ourselves in a really good position. That's uh, not something I'd, I'd quite thought about, Clive, because you've got all the other cup games and, and stuff in there thrown in as well but next three league games are at home because there's the rearranged game isn't there against um Bradford is it Bradford yeah 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 uh, that'll be a challenge the Bradford game will be a challenge I think they're a better team this year than they were last year mm. and they've got a certain centre forward that loves playing against us um but I think we'll beat Ooh. them because I don't know his name I no, they, no I said no I said they've got two they've got Andy Cook and they've got uh, Mr Angle as well haven't they oh uh, Lee yeah 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 well, you know, I say what we said earlier, we don't need these players. But we, um, we've we nothing to fear against any team on our day. And it wasn't our day Saturday, so we move on. Let's assume we're going to be finding ourselves again for Tuesday night. That gives us a great springboard for the following Saturday. Um, and then it's the rearranged, and then the Cup, cup uh, weekend at Barrow. Lovely. And then... Uh, well, and then the next next away game, it's uh, uh, Rochdale. Yeah, these are all games we should be looking forward to having a go at. 
Mm. Mm. It's a good period for us. And if you think actually, Nick, as well, it's uh, a year on since um, we started, we actually did start to to click it sort of the end of that period. I've written down on my notes here, O'Toole, one year on from signing. Of course, he signed before the extra away game. Didn't get on that game despite, I think, running about 4,000 miles. Clive might remember that in front of us on the touchline, <laughs> desperately trying to get on and get a game. Uh, but then he did come in and he did start to uh, turn things around. So a year on from our revival let's hope that we can channel that a little bit because it's just a blot on the copy paper the crawley the, the crawley game it's going to happen we're never going to win it we're never going to win every game and exactly it's foolish to think we will and then we're going to slip up in the oddest of places and it happened last year and it'll happen this year um it's the important thing is to win more than you lose and and quite honestly if we if we win the ratio of three to one all season now we'll get promoted and that's the way to approach these things uh, what we don't want is senseless drifts of draws because they just waste points yeah often better to to win one lose one than to draw two isn't it but we've yeah. we've also uh, draw three we've got um we've got the we've got the capacity to move forward and i think provided we don't have any more bad luck um or or stupid suspensions i think we've, we've nothing to fear i think no, injuries we... might shape our season a little bit we seem to be absolutely dominated yeah, yeah. by those and it's the same for every team i don't know why we seem to be more susceptible than other teams they've never got their best players out whereas every week one of ours seems to be out but uh, i think clive's right and what you said craig we, we've got no one to fear in this league there, is, there isn't many teams who on the day you go to and you go well you know i just take a draw even away games you look at most games you you, you would expect us to win and yeah i think we we do seem to be that sort of we might be a bit slow to get going, but, it, you know, we just keep pushing forward and we do kind of just push everybody out of our way as we're going. Um, we have the odd blip, like Clive said, but it very rarely sticks and we then move on to the next game and we tend to, you know, we've tended to win this season. I think it's interesting that a lot of the better players from last year haven't quite been up to it this year, be it Quinney or Macca mm. or, um, or Hawkins, O'Toole, those who were probably in the periphery, Lapsley, Hewitt, um, and others have seemed to have been more at it this season than last season. So that, that, that's been a bit of an interesting one. But I think the real gems this season, from my point of view, have been uh, Hewitt and Maris. Yeah, Hewitt's been... Both have become Hewitt. Mr. Reliable in their own way. And Hewitt, and of I course, think... Go on, Pat. Sorry, Lapsley is back on his form that he had before he had his couple of injuries. Um, and, he, you know, they those three names are going to be, the after the keeper, are going to be the first names on my team sheet every week, providing they're fit. I think Hewitt's made a role his own on that right right side of the three centre-back. He kind yeah. of pushes on beyond Bowery or whoever's playing right centre-back. And I think he's kind of made that his own. We look a lot more dangerous with him. Um, he's put so many good crosses in the box. And then you forget he's playing centre-back. He's not actually play, supposed to be playing right-back. Um, he yeah, and he's, he's, not making the, he's not making the mistakes in his full-back position that he was no, making earlier in his career with us. And I think that that's given him a lot of confidence and given the cloth of confidence to keep him in the squad as well. Because mm. I don't think he had any real great appetite for the lad at the beginning. I think, <laughs> he certainly you know, didn't, did he? When he got skinned <laughs> by the winger. He's yeah, made. well, I mean, and, and he, he was, you know, Clough is a bit intolerant to people at times. But we, uh, he, he, you know, he's, he's made the position his own. He's a very fluid player. I think he, he has a, a burst of, of controlled speed. He uses it well. Uh, and he looks the part, you know. Um, so, I, I, I'm, I mean, he was my man of the match in the, in the shoddy game on Saturday for what it was worth. But um, I, I'd like to see, you know, him become one of the mainstays of, of the side going forward and next year in League One. He does thrive in, as much as we're talk, talking about, you know, we should have played a back four on, on, on Saturday and things like that. Hewitt does thrive in that three, as you said. You know what, it's it's like I said at the back end of last season, I said it in pre-season as well, and maybe a few people might have disagreed with me, but the more you watch it and the more you think about it, the more you know I'm right. It's the Port Vale way that they did it last year. They played with three centre-halves, they played with wing-backs, and the right side and the left side centre-half always pushed on and became like that extra winger and he overloaded play. And that's exactly what Hewitt does. And do you know what? He absolutely loves it. The only thing I want to see him do more of is take more long throws. I love a long throw and I think we can utilise it a lot more than what we do. But that's my Yeah, both, right. both he and Harbottle have got yes. a decent throw. Harbottle's yeah. arguably longer than what um, longer than what Hewitt says. But the danger there, the only problem there is you want you want them both in the box on the end of their own long throw, so it's you're damned if you do, uh, and you need them to don't. get back as well yeah. <laughs> quickly. Because yes, you know what happens from these situations. Very, very but, true. 
But I, I think that they are a good pair to have. And Harbottle's impressed me. He's a young lad and he's therefore a little bit naive. And he's being played on the wrong side of his preference, I think. But he's done nothing at all wrong, really, this year. I mean, he's scored a couple of goals as well. Um, he's made mistakes and he will make mistakes. And that's part of growing into his career. Yeah. And this is a place to do it. You don't, I mean, you don't get anywhere without making mistakes. Yeah, um, ask for much more, I don't think, from two young lads. Could you swan and no, no. If you get two lads on loan from a local club, you, you don't expect them to become potential. I mean, Swan shouldn't could really be uh, a sort of a starter every week if depend on formation. But you, we couldn't ask for more off those two. I don't think. And they're enjoying the fact they're being given pitch time. I think that's the important yeah. thing from their mm. point of view because they'll go nowhere unless they get that. And uh, if they're really good, we won't keep them. If they are somewhere in between, we might be able to buy them. We'll see. Um, we might not need them. You know, we might develop them and say, have them back. Yeah, we're better than we don't need them anymore. Thank you very much. But we've uh, we, we've, had, we've had decent service out of our loanies in, in recent seasons, by and large. Mm, we certainly have. Uh, another topic for another time, I'm sure. We are running out of time tonight, but there is uh, a little thing that I want to talk about before we uh, do podcast predictions. And that, of course, we touched upon it a little bit earlier, is the return of the two Irishmen, the club's worst ever manager in Graham Cochran, is the assistant Joe Dunn, also at Newport. Although at Newport, the new club, you know, if he... If he quit now and resign now he'll have gone from being one club's worst ever manager to one club's best ever manager 100% record with his first with one win out of one interesting Clive that he's going to be coming back to the one call stadium I'm going to be honest I expect him to get booed well yes of course um, but I, I fear that the, the, the new manager bounce like Nick alluded to earlier mm. it's, it's strange it shouldn't make any difference whatsoever but it's, it tends to. And the fact is, going back to a club that's sacked him, I think, gives him an extra uh, burst of determination. But I don't think that if looking at their playing team, their playing squad, they're nothing, they're nothing to worry about. If we play the proper game, we should, or he was at the helm, we should, we should take the points on, uh, on Tuesday night. Should we have a degree of sympathy towards him, Nick? Because when you know when you look back over the history books in years to come, you're going to see the stats and you're going to see worst ever manager, crap win ratio, didn't do very well at all. But there are certain circumstances which won't be in the history books in terms of the stats. And that's the fact that he came in as manager, all right, in diff- in circumstances which perhaps weren't about being the best man for the job. It, it did all seem wrong at the time, but... He came in, inherited a squad that the previous season had finished in the playoffs and lost in the playoffs semi-final, had then had a different manager and had a lot of unrest, and then unrest again when he was sacked. And then, just as he was getting to the cusp of where he could start kicking on and building a squad, I remember Northampton away when we played really well under him, actually, and it looked like we were starting to fire and starting to play some decent enough stuff with what we had. COVID hits, and all of a sudden... He's got to manage a a football club virtually, which no manager or coach had ever done before, whilst at the same time planning for the future where you've got to build a squad and you're thinking, are we ever going to get to finish this season? Am I going to work with this bunch again? And then it eventually does come back round where we've cancelled that season, we've started afresh, so he's got to build a new squad. And he can't get the squad together and do the bonding stuff and gel in certain ways and have them all in certain dressing rooms because of the rules which were in place at the time. Getting changed in porter cabins, getting changed in bars because it had to be social distanced, training in smaller groups because of those restrictions. Do we Should we feel a degree of sympathy for him because of those factors? Or should we just go, shut up, Craig, he was shit? Um, there's probably a bit of both in there. I quite like that. You could end it there. That was quite a nice piece. That have you wrote that? Down? Did you write that down? Yes, I'm that. Totally. It's all written totally. down. Um, to be honest, when you mentioned that, you know what you do forget about that. Um, I will remember the game at Bradford at home when we pre- I've never seen a Stags team press as well. We beat them three yeah. 0 and it was probably the best home performance I've seen in a long, long time. We pressed and we pushed them, and we were all over them, all over the pitch. And I thought, wow, if he's going to get them to play like that every week. But then we never played like that again. No. And, I never, and I never quite understood how he could get them up for that game. So they were, they were. I've never seen anything like it. It was like watching Liverpool and Man City. They were, we were all over them. We can give them an inch. And then the week after, we were just terrible. Um, I think the one thing I, I don't really, not I say forgive him for, but I think a lot, he lost the dressing room quite quickly. I don't yeah. think his style worked at that time <laughs> where it was probably more an arm around your shoulder, sympathetic kind of time of life. And I think he was a bit of a the opposite. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he had the respect 
of the dressing room. There was all that, you know, he only came here for his wife's cooking. That was one thing that was said because he wanted to be home to, for his meals. And so, it was all a bit bizarre. And I don't think he joined us for the right reasons. And I don't think it was ever going to work. When you look back on that sort of set of circumstances, you know, you don't move jobs just so you can be closer to family necessarily, especially in the sporting world. You might do out of sport, but when it's football, it's got everything's got a click for it to work, I think. And it just, it's obviously fallen out like with it's fallen out with his family now. Then he's gone. Like, I know he's moved further away. Even further away, yeah. Yeah, it's further than Bristol, isn't it? So yeah, very, I think it just didn't work. With hindsight's great, but looking back, it just didn't work, did it? It was a strange time, but an even stranger appointment, I think. Yeah. He didn't have a good. He didn't have a good <clears throat> time with us. His record, you can't alter. But I don't think it's. I don't think we should be uh, sacrificing the bloke at the end of the day. He did what he, no. he did the best he could, I think, at the time. And uh, he didn't do what Steve Evans did, did he? No, no. You know, he, he, he I think he was an honest bloke, but he just. It was a bit over assertive in terms of physicality, and I think he, he, when he came, he lost some of the players because he accused them of being fat and flabby, and mm. he wasn't having any of that. And I think there are ways of developing fitness in your squad, and uh, he was uh, probably too eager, and he upset one or two. Um, and I think we have, you know, modern footballers are incredibly fit nowadays. The byproduct of that, in my humble opinion, is an old git: is the fitter you are, the more fragile you become as well, and the slightest. Click, you break a nail, you're out for three weeks. <laughs> Probably a good way to uh, to look at it. Um, I remember sort of working at football and community at the time and sort of being in and around the dressing room. And I also remember what Neil Bishop said to us on the podcast that he did that, like you guys said earlier, it was this sort of squad which needed an arm round you like Flickcroft did and why he was so successful. And then he came in and was very PE teacher. And to be fair, his assistant manager, Joe Dunn, was even worse. So it was a very hostile environment so I can only imagine how worse that would have been you know when it was an empty ground when it was cold when there was no atmosphere whatsoever and just sort of being in that state but uh, fortunately we've moved on I just think I think fans will boo tomorrow I, th I don't think he'll get the greatest of, re of receptions but actually on the flip side Nick what you've got to look at is some of his signings like Nigel Clough pointed out in his uh, press conference today um, were actually fairly decent Ollie Clark George Maris George Lapsley uh, Stephen McLaughlin, I believe, was one of his as well. I know we've not got too many of them left, but those that are still there were, were, were tremendous players. It just didn't click. No, we, we've had that before, don't we? We, we, we seem to Perch be the, as the, well. the least successful the manager, the better signings yeah. they seem to make. I, I don't know how it works, but we, you know, John Dempster signed a few decent players and and that obviously quite clearly never worked. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, he did make some really good signs. A lot of them are still here. Um, really, Clough's core squad are players that joined before he started, really, when you, you read those names out. Mm. Uh, and I think slowly, but one by one of those names, Clough's actually re-signing them for longer contracts. They're pretty much all of those names are on the, the list, I think. Um, maybe yeah, maybe he should have been a scout. Yeah, maybe, maybe he should have been scout and somebody else should have been Yeah, scout, that's probably but... the better way around. But yeah, I don't think he'll get booed. <clears throat> I mean, um, Keith Curl, Mr Curl, got a, a decent ovation, didn't he? Um, I love Keith Curl. I, I, so, I, he's another, I, he's another I, one I'd want on here. Yeah, he should be. He should be reasonably easy to contact, you would have thought. But yeah, he, we, we we don't normally boo ex-managers unless they've done something a little bit daft. You know, I don't unless think Cotton Palmer would walk back in probably very, <laughs> very quietly. But yeah, Steve Evans <laughs> is a different animal, I think, when they uh, when they come to town late in the season. Yeah, very, very true indeed. Right, that's almost all we've got time for. But uh, we have to end on podcast predictions, of course. Uh, it is tomorrow night, the game. We were going to do this yesterday, but we just couldn't get everybody uh, together in time. So that's why we've done it the, the night before a game, um, which is why we've done it a little bit differently as well. We've not told you guys our predictions because we've not made them. Um, so we're going to keep them secret this week, uh, other than the, the three which we make now. Uh, Nick, as the guest, you obviously get to make your prediction first. So I need the outcome uh, the scoreline and the the uh, time of the first goal. If, of course, you are going for a uh, a, a, a game with goals in it, I always I'm, I'm always off the mark. Always, um, I, I'm going to go with a two-one win to Stags. Excellent. And the first goal time, seventeen minutes. Seventeen minutes. Uh, Clive, what are you going to go with? Stags win, two nil, twenty nine. Now, at the weekend, we all sort of went quite high with, with the scores and maybe it backfired a little bit. But do you know what? I'm going to go for it again because Newport is always... I've never not known a home game with Newport which has not been entertaining and full of goals. We always seem to do well. I remember numerous games in the conference season, 5 nils, 4-3s, different games like that. Um, so I'm going to say that the Stags are going to win 
4-2 and we're going to uh, the first goal is going to come we're going to come out of the traps firing i think we're going to score in the fifth minute so bold prediction bold prediction for you uh chris in the comment says four nil stags well chris if you want to play podcast predictions you've got to use the link in the description and use the form for your points to count and remember you must do it one hour and one minute before kickoff for it to count and of course we'll reveal the latest table at the end of the month that's all almost all we've got time for uh clive are you what are your hopes for uh tomorrow night other than uh to see our former manager inflict his first defeat on his new club uh several really uh one is goals uh, a clean sheet the other is no rain and uh, and less traffic through Mansfield woodhouse on the way back i thought you were going to say through the turnstiles there I'm doctor. That's a, that's another topic for another day. Turnstiles. <laughs> Nick, what about yourself? I'm going to go for a small queue at the food kiosk in the quarry lane, rather than a massive queue that I can't be bothered to get in. Um, a good crowd, a bit of rain, probably about two hours before kickoff. Then it dies down, so it's nice and the pitch is nice and wet. And then a um, yeah, a, a stags win, obviously. Perfect. Well, we look forward to uh, when you next join us, and we look forward to what other shirts uh, you have in your collection then no doubt uh, loads more uh, last time I think you said I might be wrong on this I think you said you were close to 100 have you passed that number yet or am I thinking too low no no I'm I, I am I'm, I was in the 90s I haven't counted yeah, I'll... again but I'm I'm late 90s I think now because I've got a couple more um, I got randomly I've ended up with two Otis Khan shirts in the last month an FA Cup one and a home one um, so yeah I'm nearly there I'm not far off Um but yeah, we're getting there. There's a couple of special ones that I'm kind of three quarters of the way there. But the things just go quiet and then people remember it. But I'm, I'm getting close to a few more. Oh, fingers crossed. Well, you need to have a little count up and uh, when you get the a spare sort of half a day, have a little count up to find out exactly what you're on. Let us know. Because I think the hundredth one, I think you've, if, if you haven't already passed that uh, number, I think I you've got to try and make that. I think you've got to try and make that spe- uh, a little bit special and then let us know uh, what that is. And I think oh, well, it'd be a good idea, once you get something like that to celebrate, is you'll have something in your collection that you've got duplicated and you don't hold to, too precious. Maybe we could put it up as some form of competition prize and we'll wrap a competition around you and your specialty. Well, weirdly, I, I the, a couple of the ones that I'm getting, I, I've always I bought lots of replicas as I started, and then I've tried to get match ones. There's a couple of rare ones that I'm getting match ones for that I yeah I need to get rid of the, uh, the replica then. So yeah, I'm up for that. Yeah, well, definitely. Well, we'll we'll definitely get you back on in the future. We'll uh, we'll seek you out at some point and uh, get you your hat trick, not hat trick ball, but hat trick Mansfield matters mug. There's not many of them left in circulation now, so uh, yeah, it's it's very rare if you manage to. to I can see it, Clive. We can see it. So Clive go. must have had about 20 mugs by now, surely. You don't get one every three games, do you? No, no, no. Cl- Clive is now a permanent <laughs> member of, of of the podcast panel. So it... I had 200 at one point. Yeah, I think <laughs> I've got the last... selling them. No, I've, I, they gave passed them back to me. I think I've got the last... I think there's six left, I think. I'm trying to hold on to some of them. In, for... No, I sourced them. That's why I had so many of them. But uh, <laughs> we're here. We, we've used them and we, they have a shelf life. You can't keep them forever. You may as well move them on. And, uh, and then we get down to the last few, they become quite rare and therefore desirable. And we'll, yeah. we'll sign one. We'll sign one for you, Nick. Yeah, if you can yeah. sign it, I'll have it on yeah. the. I'll put it on there next week. I'll, I'll hang yeah. it on the next time I'm on. I'll hang it there on there. There you go then. It will decrease in value. We'll get you get, sorted out, mate. Get the Sharpie <laughs> out. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Nick, thanks so much for your time. Just uh, remind people uh, where they can find your excellent collection of shirts on the old uh, Tinter web if they want to have a deep dive into your back catalogue, as it were. Um, yeah, uh, Mansfield Town shirts on Instagram and Twitter. And if anyone's ever got any shirts they want to sell or they go, I wonder how much that's worth, let me know. I'll probably end up buying it. So, you know, <laughs> please, if you've got any shirts, no matter how random and eclectic the player, do send it over because it, it will be considered and probably bought. Well, there you go. This cash waiting for you is basically what he's saying. Feed my habit. Feed my addiction. (laughs) Feed the addict. (laughs) Feed the addict. Um, Seek help if you need help. That's all from us. Uh, We'll see you again next time, hopefully uh, before the next game on Saturday. Uh, If so, it probably won't be live. You know where to find us, all the places on the internet. Goodbye. (laughs) 
So that's it, the full-time whistle has blown on yet another Mansfield Matters podcast. Thanks as ever for watching the live feed and listening to the audio version of this. Your support as ever is appreciated. Don't forget if you want to get involved in podcast predictions for tomorrow night's game at home to Newport County, you need to be quick. You must submit those guesses one hour and one minute before kickoff for them to count and you must do it via the link in the description my thanks too to those who've joined me tonight for our virtual podcast maybe we'll get back to being all around the table again next week who knows all we can say is Alan have a fantastic holiday and Nathan I'm sorry for letting you down more on that next week I'm sure on the show for the fans by the fans make sure you stay tuned to our social media pages for potentially another podcast later in the week if there is one it'll be a pre-recorded one so make sure you subscribe in to the Mansfield Matters podcast via all your good podcast apps make sure you get your booing ready for Graham Cochrane's return tomorrow to One Course Stadium and hopefully the Stags can bounce back from that defeat at Crawley by beating Newport at home yet again this is the show for the fans and by the fans this is the Mansfield Matters podcast good night god bless see you later ta Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.